were going so fast around the black hole that when you smiled at each other, your teeth went your, your, your teeth went yellow, or they'd shine, or they go gold, or whatever. That myth doesn't only defy what we know about roller coasters; it defies what we know about physics. <laughs> that really was a myth that turned into a reality because of the men. Oh, did it go so fast it made your teeth yellow? So I guess this myth is kind of semi-confirmed then. Where hinges creak in doorless chambers. Where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. <laughs> the parks are opening very soon as of recording the parks are due to open next week and when you're in those queue lines you'll often hear people talking and you might hear rumours and myths about the park that you're in at the time. So today we thought we'd just have a little relaxed episode and talk about theme park myths and maybe dissect the myths and maybe come to the conclusion whether it is a myth or whether it's confirmed, just like Mythbusters but for theme parks. So here we are. We're joined today again by Brett and by Sam, so say hello, let everyone know about yourselves. Hi Ryan, how are you doing? I'm okay, thank you. Hi Ryan! Hello. Oh, oh, <laughs> sorry, Sam. He asked us to introduce ourselves. I've just realised we're just saying hello. Uh, <laughs> hi, Brett. Hey, Sam. <laughs> hi, everyone. You were kidding about about it being a relaxed episode. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like we've messed this bit up already, but oh, quite but never like mind. It. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's natural. Right, okay, alright. So, theme park myths. Uh, this is a good one. So, um, Disney World over in Florida, there's a bit of a myth going around that if there is a hurricane, that Disney have the ability to actually dismantle the castle, or at least take the towers down, if there is actually a hurricane in order to stop it blowing over. So, do we think that this is, is feasible? I mean, I, I know that they, they sometimes make some adjustments if there's going to be some high winds, but do we think that Disney have the ability to dismantle the whole castle at Disney World? Yes. <laughs> really? Okay. okay. He just jumped out with a yes. And the only thing is, is I know that Sam knows a lot about Disney, so I kind of believe this myth now. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't want to defunct that or just sort of like put a means to an end straight away, but um, that is categorically true. You're kidding me. I was 100% sure it was false. No, they can't. I mean, I, as I say, I'm not speaking on behalf of the company or anything or any affiliates with the company or anything like that. Uh, but to my knowledge, uh, as one fan to another, um, I believe that they can absolutely do that. They can take different, dismantle different parts of the castle, bits that they need to that are going to be affected by any natural disasters, including hurricanes. Um, and... Uh, the actual structure of the castle itself is is 
strong enough and has the foundations in to, to be supported through all kinds of natural uh, disasters. Hurricanes obviously being seriously one of the main ones you get in Florida and seriously affecting the parks and areas. Um, but they can also take off those those elements that wouldn't survive. They can they can literally take them off. Uh, in fact, they can do it even uh, within a matter of hours if they needed to. Um, so the infrastructure and the ability to do it, it I believe from one fan to another, as fans can speculate about these things, that they can do it. Yeah, yeah. I'm a hundred percent sure <laughs> that this wasn't true. I've, I'm sure I've heard this myth before being debunked. Am I, am I going crazy? Right. So, so, so I, so I've, this is one of mine. So I've looked this up. So apparently, what they can do is, they can remove the spires from the castle, but they have to get a crane in in order to do it. They'd have to do that. What oh, the, I've read, the Disney is... crane, yeah, it's it's got its own Instagram page, that crane, I think. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. So what it says, the castle was built to withstand winds of over one hundred and ten miles per hour, uh, and has a six hundred ton steel frame and ten inch concrete walls. So I, I I would say that in mind, I would say that they probably can't dismantle the entire castle, but they can take certain things away, like flags some of the towers perhaps but i don't think they can dismantle the entire castle unfortunately no no absolutely yeah yeah they can take as i'm saying um the foundations are there um and they can take off the the weaker parts if you like which would be the yeah the spurs and the and the flags and the the golden bits at the top but the actual no they couldn't they couldn't like literally like just chop the castle in half no what's an interesting fact about um disney world is that they only have one US flag in the park and that is the one at the bottom of Main Street. The rest of the flags are actually not real US flags. So when there is a hurricane, ordinarily, um, you would be duty-bound to take down the flag because it can't be... You know, it can't be left to you know potentially get ruined. Uh, but they don't have to do that with all the flags. They don't have to get on top of all the buildings, take the flags off because they're not actually real U.S. flags. So, what do you think about that little fact? I like this fact, but what what flags are they? I mean, it's not like the Polish flag or something instead, right? No, so the, so they look like U.S. flags because they have stripes on, they have stars on. But they're not actually U.S. flags. They they just look like they don't have enough stripes or they don't have enough stars or, oh. or whatever. So they just look like American flags. That's a very good bit of knowledge there, Brian. Yeah, I like that. But I just called nice you Brian. Ryan. Brian. <laughs> My God, what's happening tonight? Oh, I used to I used to always get called Brian when I was a child because I'd, I'd I'd go I'd go around to someone's house or something and then go oh hi Brian and I'd be like no my name is ryan not brian so i'm gonna do that to you sam as well oh well that's a very good fact ryan so i was about to say it again then <laughs> i think <laughs> brian is sake. just that's just mine and ryan's relationship name right <laughs> yeah that's it that's, that's gotta it. be it that's that's one relationship i want to keep tabs on tell you that <laughs> Okay, uh, Sam, uh, give us uh, one of your myths. Okay, so one of my myths is that Alton Towers, the the, the actual towers themselves, are haunted. Um, I don't know if I <laughs> if I thought this as as a kid watching Most Haunted. Probably that's where this the, the, this all came from. But for 
the longest time, and still to this day, truthfully, um, you know, I believe in, you know, other worlds and spirits and such, and I genuinely, honestly think that the towers are haunted. Um, have you guys ever thought that? Now, I struggle with this one. I used to be on paranormal investigation teams, but as the kind of resident sceptic. So, technically, my initial answer would be, no, this is a myth, because ghosts aren't real. <laughs> However, I think this myth has come from the, the most haunted episode where they were in the hex queue line, um, and they were throwing stones back and asking a child to throw them back to them. And, and obviously, because Most Haunted is, is, is now, we know 100% sure that, that Most Haunted is fake and it is purely for entertainment purposes, those stones got thrown back. So technically, can we believe anything they said because we now know that, that none of it is actually real? However, there have been plenty of stories around the towers. Uh, they do run paranormal investigations at the towers themselves. Uh, different companies and stuff can hire the building out um, and, and there have been things that have been you know seen there and stuff so so yeah I, I guess you could say the towers are haunted if you believe in ghosts which I don't so mm. there we go yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm not I'm not entirely convinced but I, I'd definitely be up for doing a, a ghost hunt event they did one a few years ago where you could stay over overnight uh, in the towers, um, and I'd definitely be up for that. I think when I was at school, there always used to be this thing where people used to say that the haunted house was haunted for some reason, and I think it was just a way of so that when we went in the ride on like a school trip or something, that someone in the car behind you would like grab your head or something like that, <laughs> and so it was just a way of just winding everyone up. Um, so that was always a, a good myth that the haunted house was actually haunted. But when you're a kid, you don't think, "Oh, this is just made of fiberglass." You know, fi fiberglass. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this right. is literally about not that big. This is a small sort of shipping container <laughs> in terms of width and length, and it's a facade, and the rest is just a, a, a massive show building at the back. <laughs> Although yeah. it it has been said again on most haunted, and it's kind of stuck. It, it, with the ghost train at Blackpool Pleasure Beach uh, with a ghost named Cloggy that was brought up by um, uh, Derek Akora, the, the medium on, on, on Most Haunted. Uh, again, a medium that has been proven fake time and time again, yet somehow still, even now, has a career, even though he's not alive anymore. Uh, it, it, it is strange that, that something can be proven false time and time again yeah it just sticks because it's a cool scary story well that's it i think the whole thing of like believing in ghosts and paranormal regardless i mean this isn't a topic about belief and we won't we won't i'm not going to touch on that but whatever you believe put that aside i think there there is a sense of 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 of, of fun when it comes to spooky stories and ghost stories and and uh, all of these kind of ghost hunts and ghost haunts and and paranormal uh haunts and investigations because it is it's just a really fun you almost want to believe it because it's it's good scary fun you know just right yeah even as like i said earlier i am a massive skeptic i've been doing paranormal investigations being part of them going on them for years um just because i don't believe in it doesn't mean i don't want to see it I still really enjoy these things and I will throw myself in head first. I'll be doing all the spirit boards and all these different kind of vigils and stuff. 
I absolutely love it. I don't 100% believe it all, but, you know, it, it's still really enjoyable to do. And, and the thought of things like that is, is really cool and it's, it's really fun as well. Great. Okay, so, Brett, then, give us your myth. Okay, so we've just been talking about Alton Towers, so we'll stick to it. There has been a myth. Uh, I've heard it time and time again, um, and lots of people say it, and this is how it, it tends to come around. And you, you'll be standing in the Nemesis queue line, and all of a sudden you'll hear like, oh, I wish they play the, the, the storyline around like they used to. So there was a myth, uh, and it still goes around today, that they used to play the the Tom Baker backstory for Nemesis around the area of Forbidden Valley and Nemesis. Uh, but it turns out that this was never true. Uh, they only ever played the, the the musical soundtrack. The the only time that the the only time that the story that was read out by Tom Baker was in the park was actually just on CDs and cassettes that you could buy in the shops. So it's quite an interesting thing that people have almost they've kind of implanted this into their head. Uh, I know that the stories written now on the wall inside the, the fish and chip shop uh, outside Nemesis there, but that's as close as we'll ever get to actually seeing the Nemesis story actually kind of there inside the inside the park. What Have you guys thought of this one before? I know for a fact that I've fallen for it. Well, it's, it's interesting you're talking about the, the, the Nemesis story, and I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I'm, I'm trying to think. Was this an audio record? Is it like an, oh, I mean, you'll, you'll be the expert. Is this, is it, was this like an audio recording um, that was made in conjunction for, for like a promotion of the ride or the comic or something? Or So, yeah, the uh, audio was created essentially as part of the promotion of Nemesis. Um, I can't believe you haven't heard it, Sam. This is—you might be one of the only theme park enthusiasts I know that hasn't heard it. Uh, generally, honestly, I'm gonna—I'm gonna—is it on YouTube? Can I YouTube it? Yeah, it's, it's easily on there. I'm—I'm I'm lucky enough to have a CD of it uh, that's been signed by John Wardley. Um, li- <laughs> little little merch merch Holy Grail drop in there. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, it's a 20 minute long story read out by Tom Baker. Uh, who used to play Doctor Who back back mm. back then, um, and it's uh, basically just talks about how this this monster was exiled from its its home planet, and that it was found here at Alton Towers and was and was disturbed and now it's woken up and it it feeds on people and stuff like that. It, you need to listen to it, Sam. It honestly changed your perspective of Nemesis forever. It's it puts so much detail. And not enough that, you know, you are told exactly what everything happened was. It leaves it open for an interpretation. I, I, yeah, you have to listen to it as soon as. If you haven't heard it, anyone listening, go to YouTube, you'll find it. If you just search for Alton Towers Nemesis Story, uh, there's, there's plenty of different versions out there. Now, I remember visiting Alton Towers pretty much the year that Nemesis opened maybe the year after all i remember is music around forbidden valley which was quite loud it's like kind of like kind of kind of music and that's all i kind of remember and then just hearing the raw 
of Nemesis uh, going round. Um, so I definitely don't remember any kind of story uh, going on in Forbidden Valley. So I think that's definitely a myth, that one. Yeah, I think a lot of people have essentially assumed that it was there because they've really wanted it to be playing because having that playing as you go through the queue line would, would put so much more context to what you're seeing. It would It would be really nice to see. Okay, so my next myth... Although it's it's not really a myth, actually. <laughs> it's a myth, but it's also confirmed. But it's mainly a myth. <laughs> so a lot of people... I always hear people saying, Oh, um, my friend went on this ride and they got stuck upside down. Now, generally speaking, uh, a roller coaster is coasting uh, when it goes on a vertical loop. Um, and and I've, 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 I've never known, it, it might have happened, but I've never, you know, it would very rarely happen that a coaster could stall in the middle of a vertical loop. I've not known it to happen. It could happen. However, what does sometimes happen is, and we did see this on Mumbo Jumbo, is that when it went into the inline twist, um, I think someone actually got their um, rain jacket caught in the wheels somehow. Um, and it did actually stop upside down. Um, but people talk about it so much that you'd think it happens every day, that the rides just stop upside down. But actually, very rarely would that happen, because normally what would happen is it would stall and roll back, or it would just carry on on the course and, and valley, maybe. So, yeah, um, do, do you think roller coasters stopping upside down, do you think that's mainly a myth, or...? To add a little bit more detail to your myth, um, it actually, if anyone knows the the, El, the kind of off-the-shelf El Loco style layout, it actually stalled after the uh, outbank turn, after the mid-course break for an outbank turn, uh, and then it kind of goes into a dive loop almost. It's stalled around there just as it goes upside down. Uh, I think it was due to a rain mark, like you said, getting caught in the wheels or something. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's why it stalled, did it? Yeah, so it goes on the bank turn and then it it turns upside down and that's hang time, and then it basically goes down again, doesn't it? Uh, and around. I just can't. So, yeah. I just can't imagine. I was about. I mean, you boys have really backed this one up here, but I was. I was sat here thinking there is no chance, no chance a coaster is going to get stuck upside down. No chance, surely. Surely gravity, or I guess maybe on an El Loco is different. I was going to say gravity would take its course. But, man, that must a raincoat must have been really jammed <laughs> into the wheels for it to just fully stop. That's, also, that must be a, a very long raincoat. I mean, what, where was the, was the raincoat hanging over the side? Or was it in a bag? I mean, it can't have been in a bag. Was it just on a person that got trapped in the... I mean, that, that was a hefty raincoat. I mean... The El Loco trains, I don't know if you've ever seen them in any detail... The wheels on them are tiny in comparison to a normal kind of roller coaster train. They are oh. they almost look like skateboard wheels. They they are really small in comparison. So I could see it happening. However, yeah, it would have to be dangling down pretty far. Um and it is going at a really slow pace around just after the mid course break run. It it kind of crawls into mm. like a vertical upside down section before it does mm. like a dive down. Um mm. So it, it doesn't have a lot of momentum. So I could see it happening, and, and, and it did actually happen. There have been photographs of it. Have we heard of any other ones? I know everyone has these or hears these weird stories about how they got stuck upside down on this for hours, and, and we see the Sun newspaper say that 
you know, <laughs> Nemesis was stuck upside down at 300 feet in the air for seven hours when it was just on the lift hill. We we see these stories all the time. And I think it's, I wonder if it's part of, you know, the excitement. People kind of build these things up in their head and, and kind of twist a story. Maybe they heard that someone got stuck on something and they went, oh, wow, I think they got stuck upside down. They tell a friend and then the friend says they got stuck upside down. And then you get a weird, weird myth, which I mentioned earlier before we went on air, um, that Oblivion is rocket powered. I remember hearing that one in the schoolyard. <laughs> no way. I Do you know, I've never, ever, ever seen... There were rumours of stealth at Thorpe Park being stuck at the, at the top. So not, not a rollback, but not enough momentum for a rollback, but then also not enough momentum to go forward. And there were rumours that it just literally just got stuck, sat on top, and that the guy, that the people in the train had to shove their bodies back and forth to try and make the train move so it rolled down the hill. I don't know if that's true, but I remember hearing that as a, as a myth one I time. Know, I don't know 100% sure if that specific story is true, but these Intamin strata coasters and stuff have stalled on top. I know Topsail Dragster is definitely, I think even King Dakar potentially, has stalled right on top of the top hat before. So so that could be true. Yeah, I mean, they're very regularly roll back, though. They almost roll back. They must roll back at least once a day. Uh, top Fuel, Dragster, King Dakar, even Stealth uh, will roll back not as often, though. But, I mean, a coaster that's been accelerated and then going 400 foot in the air, there's, you know, there's, there is room for error there. <laughs> if... Uh, if the launch isn't firing on all cylinders, then it's not going to make it. But yeah, I think I've seen pictures where it's just literally sat on top of the top hat. But I think usually it will kind of go one way or the other. So it'll kind of eventually roll back or it'll kind of eventually move forward. But I don't know, I suppose maybe someone's got to go up there and give it a, a shove if, if it really gets stuck. So I guess this myth is kind of semi-confirmed then. You know, you, you can get stuck on a roller coaster maybe upside down as it is in mumbo jumbo's case um or even on top of a top hat 456 feet in the air <laughs> yeah yeah you can, i mean you can definitely get stuck on a roller coaster personally touch wood i've not been stuck on a roller coaster um although i have been in a situation where you know how air will often um e-stop for for just whatever reason uh, because of the, um, I don't know, sometimes it, it's going up the lift hill and then it'll just randomly stop for sort of various reasons. I have been in a situation where we've been the train behind and then we've had to wait for ages. Um, you know, so that, I've probably been on air for like 15 minutes or something <laughs> waiting to get released and that is not comfortable. Um, so touch wood, it's not happened since, but... Um, yeah, I real feel sorry for anyone who's got to sit on a on a roller coaster for an hour or something, especially if you've been pinned in. I think uh, uh, the interesting thing with Air slash Galactica, uh, if anyone's ever ridden it before, they might have noticed that, similar to what you said there, if you go up the lift hill, um, about a third of the way up, you kind of slow down to an almost stop and then start slowly crawling again. Um, I'm not 100% sure if this is true or not, but judging off seeing it, I actually think that that might be a controlled lift hill so it's not stacking the trains up so i think that they actually slow down the lift hill based on where the next train is on the next block so i think a lot of the times that'll happen because 
obviously with the likes of these flying coasters getting in and out of the trains isn't quite as easy as your your average roller coaster train so with different issues with uh, the restraints and stuff the uh, lift hill can actually control itself so it's going slower up the lift hill um, so you're, you're kind of cresting the lift hill just at the right time so you, you're clearing the block for the next train to come through. Before I go on to your next myth, Sam, I just want to tag on a bonus myth, which is that seatbelts on roller coasters do something. A seatbelt on a roller coaster, in my mind, is, is purely there just to make the rider feel a bit more secure. Um, the reality is that most restraints the way that the restraints are usually built on on roller coasters on a number of models is that they'll have, have a hydraulic system and they'll have a fail safe hydraulic piston as well or the restraints will naturally be in a closed position so their natural state is being closed and so that the cart just pop open some of the older restraints are on ratchets um but they may slip slip up one but restraints are incredibly safe and like i say a lot of the time their natural position is to be locked and so they would stay locked so but if you do have a seat belt i mean they have a seat belt on they're on rita and on stealth they have more of a kind of serious looking seat belt but some of them like the ones on uh for example nemesis are just they're just a bit pointless really and i think the only reason that there is just to make you feel extra safe perhaps i think they're a, an extra fail safe but I've heard plenty of myths, actually, to do with this exact thing that you're explaining. The amount of times I've heard an oblivion myth about how just before the drop their restraint has opened up. Uh, I've heard this off multiple people, and fairly recently as well, that their restraint has opened up, you know, as they're going up the lift hill or something. I've had it myself. However, the restraint hasn't opened up. It's done exactly what you've just said. It's just slipped a ratchet one up because it wasn't quite uh, locked into that place. However, if it does move up, it's still locked in place. It, it just means you've got an extra an extra inch or two for airtime. Um, but I, I think it goes with the adrenaline of it and, and the way per, uh, people perceive roller coasters as being these big scary things. Um that I think they they definitely do exaggerate this little pop-up of the restraint that, that is fairly normal into, oh my gosh, my restraint opened and I had to, to pull it back down and cling on for my life and stuff. I, I think people want to make a big story out of it because, you know, it, it was scary at the time when, when you're staring down at the ground at 180 feet in the air. Yeah, and also if, if a restraint for some reason did fully open, I'm, I'm pretty sure it would e-stop anyway. Yeah um on on the the lift hill um or i guess on the ne next break run but i've i've not unless unless it was incredibly poorly maintained certainly in the uk i can't think of where restraints have seriously failed um so they are incredibly safe i think there's something quite comfortable as well isn't there with the idea you know going back on the whole psychological side of it there is something quite comfortable about snapping in that seatbelt you know like and a lot of them are kind of almost similar to what you have on an airplane they're, they're the kind of seatbelt that you can lift up the um certainly on nemesis and nemesis inferno and nemesis on towers it's the kind of um uh, seatbelt that you lift up the flap don't you and so uh so i think there's something quite psychologically satisfying by you know you can look you go 
you know, on a ratchet or straight, for example, and then you lock in your seatbelt, you're ready to go. Um, and I think I think that in itself is 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 psychologically um, relaxing and it makes you feel ten times safer, perhaps, because you physically actioned your seat being safe by putting that seatbelt in. You physically done that. Do you know what I mean? Regardless of if it actually yeah. makes a difference or not, um, and you're and unlike we've said, you're you're absolutely safe enough in the restraint system that's in place. But there's something for for the rider as an individual. You know, there's a certain amount of ownership and 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 them feeling safe because they've clicked the seatbelt in themselves, right? Yeah, I I always just find it funny that some restraints, which are quite heavy duty restraints, come with a seatbelt, but then. For example, on a B&M like Shambhala, um, you've just got that clamshell uh, lap bar um, and, and there's no seatbelt with that. So it, it always makes me wonder why some some of them kind of feel so heavy duty with the seatbelt. Um, but then some, you know, you'll just have a, a lap bar, for example. Um, Sam, then you've got um, a myth from Alton Towers that you wanted to share, I think. Yeah, yeah, I do. So this is a myth again that i heard as a child um because it was from a ride uh, that i never got to experience um so the black hole at alton towers for those of you that got to experience it i'm very jealous because i love indoor coasters and this was this was one of them um but i remember hearing this rumor so alton towers to me as a child was always this place that was really far away it was far off it was this theme park that only a few uh of our sort of family friends had got to visit and i was always very kind of not not, not necessarily jealous just very kind of keen to learn about what the wonders of this amazing place held because it felt so far away and i remember these family friends came back and they went on the black hole and they said you were going so fast around the black hole that when you smiled at each other your teeth went your your teeth went yellow or they'd shine or they go gold or whatever um on the black hole now i don't know th- thinking about at the time i remember that i i just had this weird vision of a, 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 a coaster train going so fast that it made your teeth shine but now as an adult thinking about it i'm like surely there just must have been uv lighting in there that made your teeth shine like you would get on a dance floor that is such a that weird it's really myth. odd i've not because because that myth doesn't only defy what we know about roller coasters it defies what we know about physics uh, and and what we know about people and teeth well like i said this was a myth that i had as a as a fairly young kid that was just desperate to go to alton towers um you go so, so uh, fast so so sorry right so the myth was in my head as a kid that you go so fast that you were you were flying around so fast on the black hole that when you smiled at each other your teeth went yellow or went gold or they just shined really bright generally I really distinctly so, remember a family friend wait, telling us that. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Sam. So did you say this was a myth in your head? So it's not actually a myth, a, a myth from in my, other people? No, it was a, a myth from my childhood. So it was it right. was a family <laughs> friend that, that came back from Alton right. Towers, you know, and, and was telling these these stories of... Uh, and and the, the, they said, oh, yeah, we went on the one on the back hole and it went so fast that you that your teeth started shining. And I remember all of us thinking, I remember sitting there as a kid thinking like, wow, this thing must have gone so fast. And now I'm looking back on it now. I mean, as I said, I never got to ride it. But I mean, 
I'm sure you guys did. Uh, did it go so fast it made your teeth yellow, or is that really, really a myth from the middle of nowhere? I didn't ride it, but there are UV lights lighting up the different asteroids and stuff that were hanging from the roof. So it will have obviously been that. And I can't imagine anyone who would look at something shining in a in a black light and think, "Wow, that must be moving fast." <laughs> Well, I, I, think, I think it was more that if there was UV lights in the coaster, that it made your teeth shine. I mean, it must have been. But for, for this kid, it was like, oh, we went so fast, our teeth were shining. Obviously, it was the UV light. But I just remember it. it just me being so, you know, wanting and desperate to get on this crazy ride that apparently, which now actually is probably not even the fastest coaster around at all, or even was at the time. Um, but so... <laughs> I already, okay. I already know what the title of this episode is going to be now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, shiny, fast coaster teeth. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sounds good to me. Okay, all right. So final myth. Brett, have you got a final one for Yeah, us? so I, I think this one is fairly well known, but I thought we'd bring it up because I think it's quite a, a, quite a nice one to talk about. Um, is that the Matterhorn, the Disney well-known kind of first ever tubular steel roller coaster has a basketball court inside of it. Have we heard this one before? I love yes, this. And, and, and this is sort of confirmed. Um, it, it doesn't have a full basketball court in it. However, inside there, there is actually a space and they do have a hoop in there. So cast members can go in there and, and shoot some hoops. So... If you've ever, I mean, I'm sure those of you that have seen the Imagineering story, this got brought up on the Imagineering story. But what was so lovely about this is this was a myth that really was a myth that turned into a reality because of the myth. So it was <laughs> it was a myth that went round that they literally put a blooming basketball court inside the Matterhorn. Uh, to which point they all said, that's ridiculous, no one would ever do that. But it became such a myth because it's not, it's not that much of a big enough space to do that inside the Matterhorn. I mean, it looks massive, but actually the... the the coaster itself uh, probably doesn't have enough space within the structure to do that but um that became such a myth that someone one day who was working on the rides team installed a hoop as ryan said and so now yeah there is a hoop and i, I have you seen the matterhorn brett oh sorry have you seen the um imaginary story brett yeah, I have. I have seen it. I knew there was a hoop inside there. I absolutely love that that this myth is what dry that is what's driven the truth. Um, so I mean, now if we know that Alton Towers start, you know, manipulating physics to make sure that teeth shine when you go fast on a roller coaster, we know that <laughs> the myth nice. started it. <laughs> well, I I just think that is such a lovely. I mean, that was such a... If you've not seen the Imagineering, um, Imagineering story, that is such a sweet moment when the really producer is. turns around and says, have you have you done it? Oh, it's, so, it's so lovely and so touching. And yeah, I, wasn't it he... Uh, all, all of the cast members that had ever worked on the ride had all signed the wall on the inside of the Matthorn, Um but it turned out the actual original creator of the ride hadn't yet. Uh, and then was like, oh, do, do you want to sign the wall? I, I absolutely thought it was such a really nice, touching moment. Yeah, no, 100%. Which, okay, that leads me to a question for both of you then. Is there a coaster 
in the UK, I'm not just talking tower because I know we've been very tower towers focused, but is there a coaster in the UK that perhaps holds that same kind of prowess for us here in this country that you could imagine people feeling so proud to work on or operators to work on that they would sign and then they would also get the creators to sign on. Do you reckon there's a coaster? I think I can guess your answers, but I want to give this one to you guys. What What do you think holds the prowess like the Matterhorn does to the States and to California and to Disney? What do you think that the, our, our version of that is, like our most ultimate classic coaster that holds that kind of prowess in the UK? I, I don't know if it's the ultimate one, but... I'd imagine at Blackpool, there's a lot of prowess to working on Revolution, I'd imagine, because <laughs> you'll have plenty of stories of, of working up there in completely crazy weather. Um, so I would imagine that operators would be very proud to say that they worked on Revolution, even if at the time, when, <laughs> when they're getting blasted with sleet and whatever else, they're probably not enjoying it. I would imagine that... They probably tell plenty of stories about the times that they they worked at the top of Revolution. Yeah, I think along the Blackpool Pleasure Beach lines, the the, the big one, uh, I definitely could see. You know, uh, the fact that the big one has such a really interesting uh, transfer track. So the 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 transfer track for the maintenance shed is actually below the station track. So it has a lift that lifts it through three different stories. Um, mm. For the different trains to then to then go on, uh, I definitely would believe uh, would believe it if someone said to me that there was a wall down there that everyone that had ever worked on the the, the big one had had signed. I think that would I definitely believe that. Uh, equally, you know, with with some of you know the the iconic rides like Nemesis on Towers and stuff like that, you would you would think. However, I don't I don't. I know a few people that that have worked or are currently working on Nemesis, um, that don't really go on about it that much. I think uh, it, it's quite it's quite an an average ride to run. I I think there's far more exciting roller coasters to be operating. Probably working on Big Dipper. Or, you know, working on some of those classic woodies. You know, you're gonna you're gonna walk the track every morning. You know, it's probably a really it's probably a really great experience to be walking the track on the Big Dipper every morning. I'd imagine. Uh, I know on the big one, often they'll they'll pick one of the ride ops to take the first ride of the day. Um, so I'd imagine some of them get picked, you know, more than others. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot lot at Pleasure Beach. I'd say that people would be really proud of of working on. I'd say. Yeah, so no, I, I remember a time at Legoland when I was I was working on the rides team. This was one of my first ever jobs. I was what just just turned eighteen or something, and. Um, I was working on laser raiders and uh, we would also play the game where, you know, everyone would, you know, take it in turns to test, to do the ride test. And you would check on, um, on, you know, make, make, making sure that everything was running okay and running smoothly. But as you were doing that, you were also trying to get like a, a fairly good score. Cause you'd know after doing it every time, you'd know sort of what you need to check was running or working. So, you would try and get the good score, and then when you did the good score, when 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 you when you when you got your score, you would you you would we'd write it down right and put it behind the behind the operating booth, and then basically every day we'd keep a tally, and then whoever 
whoever won with the most scores would sort of you know on the on our next day off or or when everyone was able to get together would sort of buy the buy the round or round, round get the round of drinks and something so it created this really lovely um, sort of sense of camaraderie and a bit of friendly competitiveness within the different teams because you would always try and see who could get who could get the best score <laughs> that is a really good thing yeah i i imagine this uh there's got to be a few rides like that, that that you know might be interactive in some way that have you know little games and stuff i wonder if there are games that people play anyway even with roller coasters if there's something that they do you know to kind of make because it's the thing is we all love the idea of operating rides and roller coasters um however the job itself is really mundane you know you're you're constantly doing the same thing over and over and over it's it's almost in terms of the, the work it takes to put in it, uh, it's, it's almost like a factory. You know, you, you've got to get people on, get people off, thumb up, okay, you're good to go. Get people on, get people off. So there's got to be some games and stuff that people play to, to you know, liven that up between the different teams. Does, do they still have the countdown clock on, on Nemesis? They used to have a countdown clock, didn't they, where they had to they had to beat the clock or something or did i did i, I think so that? yeah probably not a game but well, <laughs> still fun to that's beat right clock. or was it oblivion that had the countdown clock didn't oblivion have a clock as well which ride had had the clock or maybe it was nemesis i don't know if there was any clock that were was ever visible at Alton towers Oh, it's sore that I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's sore at Thorpe Park that had the clock, didn't uh, it? Yeah, that's probably one thing. But I never that, understood yeah. what happened. And I remember for ages when that ride first came out, I was like, what is going to happen when that timer reaches zero? Usually remember, nothing because they didn't dispatch it on time. Well, yeah, no, nothing <laughs> Nothing ever did happen. And I always thought there'd be some like special effects or some sort of like show sequence or show scene. Um, but actually, maybe you're right. Maybe it was to do with the, 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 the dispatch and it was supposed to be like your car will go in two and a half minutes or three minutes or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but in my head, I was actually always expecting <laughs> like a show scene. <laughs> no, the, the, the timer in the saw station, when it first opened, did go to well uh, more times than not went to when you hit zero was when you dispatched the ride um and that was kind of you know your time's out therefore you you're going on this this sore trap sort of thing oh, um, so I yeah see. the timer was to to represent when your time was up and and you were being sent through the games Oh, that makes sense. Oh, okay. Oh, well, there we go. I never knew that. I always thought there was going to be... I always thought there'd be some, like, special effects show or something that would go up in the station every, every time. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, it's just about to hit zero and we're finally here to see it. And it would... Uh, nothing, would nothing would happen. <laughs> that makes so much well, sense now. Oh, I feel so dumb. I just have all these throwbacks of me as a teenager being like, it's going to happen, it's going to happen. And my friends are like, what? what's going to happen? And I'm like, oh, it didn't happen today. What happens tomorrow? <laughs> your, teeth, your teeth are going to go yellow. That's what you're waiting for. Oh, right, so on, on, so on that bombshell then, um, we're just going to wrap up there. So um, Sam, just remind everyone where they can find you on the interwebs. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram. That's at Coaster Sam blog, where we post opinion pieces, news and articles. Follow along at Coaster Sam blog on Instagram for our trivia game show as well. At Coaster Sam blog, Instagram, do it. <laughs> and finally, uh, our world-class model, Commissioner of Fear. Uh, Brett, tell us all about yourself. I'm getting more and more 
of these nicknames every time. I, I do like them though. Commissioner of Fear has got to be my favourite so far. Uh, if you want to find anything of my theme park related stuff, uh, fingers crossed I can be posting a lot more when we can actually get to theme parks. Uh, but you can find me on Instagram at theme parks by Brett. I post all my kind of theme park related artwork and stuff like that on there. Thanks very much. And remember to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to the Theme Park Loopy podcast. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thanks for joining us, and we'll speak to you again real soon.